Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king, Espinal. And joining me through Discord, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the tank top sage. It's Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. Well, it's called partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. Josh? Are you muted, Josh? No, he's not muted. I'm just confused. Oh, uh, anyway, also joining us. Oh wow. Okay. What's good, Chris? What wow. Up, everybody listening. Yeah. Wow. It, it's weird. It, I can. The the phone was muted, but the Discord app wasn't. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. there he is, everybody. Uh, also joining us, it is our producer. It is Edge Lord. Big news, Brian. Nan to you, big news. Sub nerds. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, wow, whoa. We are back for a new week of talking about manga. Uh, we got One Piece back, my hero. We got World Trigger back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After so long. Uh, but yeah, we got some stuff to talk about this week. Very excited. Uh, let's not waste any time. Let's get into plugs. Uh, you can find me at the Chris Espinal with tw- uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore thirty seven. That's on Instagram and at New Jump City Josh on Twitter. Oh yeah, Brian. You can find me at B.ESP on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you ever want to catch me when I'm streaming. Find me at b.espm. Wait, no. I wait. Was I on Twitch or Twitter? Mm. You were. You're about to do your Twitch thing. Okay. You can find me at Twitch.tv/slash/itspunchline. What's going on, with you guys? <laughs> we got to get our shit together, okay? Yeah. Something threw me off my mojo. Come on, man. Let's. It's, let's get it together. Uh, I, you can uh, follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Please do. That would be super cool. Uh, uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about. And uh, we will answer them at our next available opportunity. Uh, if you prefer uh, t- a more direct way of uh, talking to us, you can comment under the full version of the podcast that we've been uploading on YouTube for the past few weeks. Uh, there's still no true blue video element to the show quite yet, as I'm still working on a, a, a temporary workstation. Um, so, yeah, ch- uh, I'm still uploading full version of the pod on YouTube, though. Uh, if you prefer audio podcasts and you uh, usually listen on YouTube, uh, you can check us out on uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on there. So check us out. And, um, yeah. I think that's it, right? Uh, without further ado, let's get into the show proper. One Piece. <laughs> this is One Piece chapter 1085, The Death of Nefeltary Cobra. Oh, man. Yeah, shit's about to get crazy. Yeah. Last we left off, uh, we are still in the flashback regarding what really happened at the Reverie uh, over the course of the events of Wano. 
uh, that left the uh, the death of uh, Cobra, Vivi's father. Um, we open to where we last left off, where Cobra was uh, confronting the five elders about uh, a long lost uh, distant relative of theirs, uh, known as uh, Nefeltari Lily. Uh, she was a queen from way back in the day who had left uh, the the uh, twenty the twenty original founders uh, had left Marijoie to return to Alabasta and reign, although it seems that she never really returned to Alabasta and uh, Cobra was trying to find some clarity as to why that was. Um, and at the end of that chapter, we were uh, we were surprised when Emu, showed up and uh, revealed himself to Cobra or themselves to Cobra. Um, and at this point, Cobra's watching, and this is where the chapter opens. Cobra's like, whoa, no one is meant to sit upon that throne. It is not meant for one person's will to sway the entire world. And he asks who that is. Um, and he, um, and Emu mentions that there are two things that they wish to say and one thing to ask of Cobra. Uh, Cobra mentions that he already knows the name of Emu and uh, he starts talking about how it, like he can't believe it because like and it must be a coincidence because among the first 20 and that's where he gets cut off by Emu saying don't see do not seek the answer I will not provide it um, and Emu explains a little bit of what we already kind of know uh, that the D seems to be the name of a group of people who once opposed uh, the 20 founders uh, or the world government in general. And uh, Emu adds to this by saying, those who bubble up from every corner of the world bearing D are nothing but empty husks, ignorant of the meaning of their name. And uh, But they say that, however, that everything that's been going on right now has its roots in Queen Lily's great mistake 800 years ago. So, yeah, Emu seems to imply that Lily's disappearance or, you know, her actions after leaving Mary Joie have, uh, have really changed the world as it stands because uh, not only did uh, v Lily cause the rummaging of scholars during about the void century, uh, they... She also seemed to have caused the poneglyphs to be scattered around all the world, or at least her actions did. Uh, so she's just wondering, is, uh, Emu is wondering that, like, was the liberation of the poneglyphs an actual mistake by Lily, or did she basically do it on purpose? And it's at this point, the uh, five elders decide to uh, pull out their fucking weapons Uh yeah, Despite the fact that you. I'm dressed to the nines, I'm still packing heat, and I'm gonna pull out my weapon. <laughs> I'm sorry, Josh. I didn't mean to cut you off. Nah, I was just saying they they brandishing the steel. Yeah. Early. Oh man, already. And uh, which threw me. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. This shit that threw me off for what we're gonna see soon. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So they all have their weapons drawn, and at that point, um. Emu starts talking about that, uh, how the answer to the question that they just posed must be found within the letter that Cobra was talking about. Um, but yeah, he says that I, I have only heard thee speak of Queen Lily of the Nefeltari dynasty, but why do you hide it from Mu? 
And I'm wondering, like, is that like a separate thing? Because there's emu and there's moo. And I don't know if that like is an intentionally different thing. I really wanted to be him speaking of himself in third person. And when he re- announced it, like, it's different than others. I call myself Moo. Yeah. Yeah, you call me Emu. Yeah, I mean, that's entirely possible. Because E is better than D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> e is better than D? Yeah. In uh, his mind. Oh, man. And this moment, Cobra's like, well, I won't be allowed to leave, I guess. <laughs> I know I'm fucked now. And, um, man, I don't know what Cobra expected. <laughs> you know how these guys roam. You know how these guys move. Um, so uh, Cobra is like, if I told you a lie, would I escape the blow? And they basically says, like, the second you saw Great Emu, yeah, you was you was done so. Um, and we see that uh, Sabo is, of course, in the room listening to all of this. Um, and uh, he's overhearing Cobra talking about how the letter was signed by by the Queen of Alabasta 800 years ago. And her name was Nefeltari D. Lily. Whoa. And uh, Emu actually is like, D. And all of a sudden, an arrow shoots straight through Cobra, knocking him off his chair. Um, but and not killing him immediately. Not killing him immediately, no. But Sabo comes... He has defensive stats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sabo comes in and full flame flame fruit powers. He uses his fire fist directly onto the five elders and he makes his way directly towards Emu and uh, he fires an attack at Emu, but then Emu seems to block it by turning into some kind of giant beast themselves. Um, And uh, Ace returns to the floor just surrounded by apparently what seems to be the other five elders also transforming into what I can only guess is also other mythical Zoan type fruits, uh, which is pretty crazy. And you see in the corner this little yeah. detail I noticed is a snail that's just taking pictures. And I think this is just the uh, this is uh, Big News Morgan's uh, <laughs> fucking snail. So I can't. I think that's that's what that's supposed to be. Um. So Sabo is basically like, you, you're Luffy's brother. You're, you would save me despite being a revolutionary. And uh, Sabo mentions that like, hey, our real enemies, our real enemies aren't the kings. It's those guys above you. But how do you know Luffy? And uh, the kings still suck, though. Yeah, kings still suck. But you, uh, you guys aren't like we have our eyes on the big picture here. Um, right. But he's basically like he's uh, he he explains to Sabo that he saved his life. And uh, Sabo's like, hmm, sounds like Luffy. And I, I'd like to think that's all he needed to at least attempt to save Cobra at this point. Because uh, he picks up Cobra and just starts to book it as fucking the five elders and Emu in their cloaked in shadows monster forms uh, give chase. Um, at this point, Cobra is basically like, "You, I'm. it's too late for me. I'm, I'm donezo. You... You, you need to live, though. You need to get out of here. And he says that, I realized today that you can't die. And uh, he tells him that uh, he has to send Luffy and Vivi a message. And he says that to tell them that we also bear the D. Uh, 
And Sabo has this memory after hearing this. Uh, because Sabo starts talking, and it's like it's a memory from way back when they were kids, still all hanging out. Uh, and Sabo's talking about it. Isn't it? Isn't it weird? You both have the letter D in your name. He's like, oh yeah, and uh, you know, I guess that is weird. Uh, but you know, like it, it doesn't matter. Do you want a D, Sabo? He's like D Sa D Bo. <laughs> He's like that's not where the D goes. Uh, but yeah, that memory is interrupted by both Sabo and uh, Cobra getting pierced by the weird arrow thing uh, that one of the elders shoots out. Um, and uh, Cobra basically manages to separate himself from Sabo, and he tells uh, Sabo, and in in this word bubble that's kind of uh, obstructed by uh, one of the five elders growling that from what I can make out, says that uh, mm. the Poneglyphs must be protected, uh, bear the flag of the dawn against the Ing world. I don't know what that is, uh, but he says Nefeltari v Lily at the end, and I think this is the letter that Lily left behind, that this is, he's basically dictating the letter that Lily left behind to Sabo as a message to give uh, to Luffy and Vivi. So, uh, it seems that Sabo manages to escape and, uh, Cobra is killed, of course, but there's an extra little ripple in their plans as they notice that this tiny hole in the wall and, uh, who's watching from the other side, but King fucking Wapple. And it all comes together. Um, Wapple is like, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy just got whacked. Um, I don't, I never liked Cobra, but I, I ain't a, I ain't that big a piece of shit to celebrate it. But he is also mourning that, you know, he is liable to suffer the same fate as Cobra now that he's seen everything mm -hmm. that he's seen. So he immediately just runs the fuck away. Uh, meanwhile, back at the uh, council room, uh, the kings uh, reconvene for the reverie and, uh, they notice that, like, you know, Wapple and and Cobra are late. Um, so, you know, they take uh, an assumption that they're they're just, like, not going to show up. Um, so, you know, but obviously King Riku and uh, King Neptune are a little sus about this. They don't they don't really uh, buy it, really. Um, the brothers uh, of Shirahoshi are getting ready to kind of, like, wait at the port for their dad because all of the bullshit that they've been dealing with. And, uh, Shirahoshi mentions that she wants to say bye to Vivi before they leave. And, uh, we cut to Vivi herself who has been kidnapped by CP zero and are now under the watchful eye of the remaining members of CP zero, formerly the CP nine guys. We meet Jabra again, officially and Khalifa is Mr. there. Gabo. Yeah. Mr. Gabo himself. Um, so, yeah, basically they're like, yeah, we're we're uh we're not going to let you go. Uh you'll go down as missing and end up as someone's pet. Um and Vivi just like kind of ignores as like is Shirahoshi safe and they're like you're worried about that and they basically explain the situation uh about Shirahoshi to her and uh you know that they were able to escape. And I don't know if this was like knowledge before. I feel like it was, but Isho, uh, aka Fujitora, uh, Admiral Fujitora, allowed uh, the remaining slaves to escape, uh, aiding the uh, revolutionary army, which is really cool of him. 
It's pretty cool but for that's kind of wild though. It is really wild. But I feel like uh really brave. Hmm? I was really brave and insubordinate. Yeah. Well Fujitora was like kind of one of those guys who I felt like if he saw something and had an opportunity to like not be with this bullshit, he was gonna take it. He seemed to have like he's he's the opposite of Ryu Kikyu. Or Ryo Kugyu, sorry, I mispronounced his name. Um, whereas Ryo Kugyu is very much like a loyalist to all these guys. Fujitora is mm. like, nah, this is actually fucked. We sh- uh, let's let him go. <laughs> but in any case, both of those admirals uh, clashed, and uh, we don't know the fate of Fujitora at this point. But yeah, uh, Vivi is just sitting there trapped and trying to figure out. How- how to get out of her situation. And uh, that's when Wapple bursts through the wall and uh, Vivi manages to jump onto his shoulder, uh, escape with her uh, outside of the CP0's grasp. And we see that uh, Vivi is uh, is with him, obviously. And uh, that's where the chapter ends uh, as, v- as Wapple is storming through uh, the castle walls and upsetting, I guess, his wife. I remember this lady from the cover page that Wapple had the cover page story that Wapple have. Wow, that's clutch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where the chapter ends. Uh, a pretty wild chapter indeed. Uh, Josh, what did you think about One Piece chapter 1085? Oh, this is my RGC. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, de- uh, deny it. It's mine too. Brian, what do you think? You Brian? He's playing Valorant. <laughs> He's playing Valorant right now. No, uh, sorry, I had my thing muted. Yeah, it's my RGC. Whoa, let me see. I'm checking the uh, really good chapter of the week poll. I never really uh, looked at it today. And uh, wow, it is a, a harmonic really good chapter of the week. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Been a minute. Yeah, it's it's too long of a drop. I can't do it. Uh, I'll give it a oh. I'll make a different harmonic convergence really good chapter of the week, but. Unified RGC. Unified RGC. Unified RGC. Go on, Josh. Okay, so um, there was a lot packed into this one chapter. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about it. The most lit thing was the uh, was was emo letting this nigga know, like you're. It's over for you, but I'm gonna need you to tell me what that is, like what she said. He 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 wouldn't even like indulge him in death, like to give him the answer. He wouldn't. He didn't even want to like risk that. He just he just knew like over. Tell me the information and die. I can't wait to to see more of him. Yeah. Or her or it whatever. Um, and then all the monsters. Bro. I mean, we're talking like wet dream levels of excitement for Christian Espinal <laughs> to see that at least four out of the five elders are Zoan types. If you go to page, uh, no, I see them all. There's the, the one on the left towards the back. Maybe it's not an animal. Maybe it's something else. But the other four, absolutely. Yeah, we know there's a bird one among them. And I had oh, like a thought about, about maybe an octopus. I had a thought Ooh. about that one. 
and I mean, this may be a deep pull, and I'm like probably like swinging for the fences here, theory wise. But I mentioned that like the the swordsman guy. I th- yeah. Like my my guess is that he's from like Wano. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the insignia of the Kozuki clan was this bird thing. And this thing oh. looks kind of like that. And I'm wondering, is like, is that more like of a confirmation? Although I don't know which one turns into this bird. So I no, could you be... want this dude to be from Wano really bad. I don't want him to be, but this is part two. That's my guess is that he's probably he's like from Wano. I feel you. But he may he may well he, he might be that would be really interesting if they if he was like a part of like the ancient you know like the past of Wano would be able to give more information or something yeah. like that. Just to add another layer. Like mm-hmm. maybe if each of the elders were also from a specific part of the world, from like the void century and and you know it affects all the other characters in deeper ways that would be that would be crazy yeah maybe i'm i don't i don't want to build those expectations but shit if one guy from wano has lore then i want all of them to come with their own lore i'm sure they do all have their own lore well which which animal are you most excited for potentially when you see the silhouettes well the guy who else? had the guy who looks like gorbachev I think that's the Excuse name. Excuse me. Uh, uh, some of the uh, elders are actually like modeled after real um, world leaders, and the guy with the mustache, the big mustache guy, not Jay Saturn. We don't know their names. Jay Saturn's the only one we know. Or are Jay they Garcia. in position? Are they in the same position when they turn into monsters, but then when they were standing here as humans? I can't tell. I I don't know if they. Yeah, moved I can't around. really tell. Okay, yeah, I think they are in the same position. Because the mustache guy is all the way on, like, the right. On the right. Yeah, I can see that. And then there's this guy with the spiked head. That's right. With, with that's, that's Saturn. That's Jay Garcia on the, on the left. Yeah, for sure. And I think the samurai guy is all the way in the back. But then that wouldn't be the bird. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That doesn't look like an animal. Yeah, very excited to find out what that is. (laughs) Yeah, this is yeah. That's that's the most I have to say (laughs) for this chapter. Any thoughts, Brian? Um, I don't know. Like, I really like this chapter. Like everything, you know, Sabo doing shit, Vivi back in the mix, uh, using Wapple as an escape mechanism. The only thing I am a little bummed out about is the fact that, you know, the elders are possibly Zoans again. I'm just so tired of Zoans, dude. Can we, like, I I, I really want us to get back to, like, Logias and, and um, Paramecias again, you know? like That was the flavor of the first part of the series. Now it's all about Zoe. Mythical Zoans. Yeah, but the whole thing about the Marines is that they're all about power, right? Like, well, Zoans are technically like they've been said to be one of the stronger ones in terms of combat because they have like. Yeah, but I don't care about. I don't want to see Zoans anymore. We had fucking five years of Zoans. No, six years of Zoans. 
I'm tired of Zoans. Give us some more variety. Like I don't. I'm I'm tired of it. I want to see something else. I miss having like a character like fucking Katakuri. You know, like an imposing Paramecia. Like we haven't had that in so fucking long. Like bring a Kainu back in the mix. Bring bring the el the the admirals back in. Give the elders some more like, you know, unique abilities. I'm tired of seeing fucking borderline furry characters. <laughs> well, they don't all they don't they don't all have to be Zoans. One of them is literally this weird blob. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm okay with that, but I just don't. I, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm so I'm a little done with with Zoans for now. Like I want, I want Oda to move away from Zoans for a bit and just look at Paramecias and Logias because they have fallen so far behind. It's actually crazy. Like they're borderline obsolete compared to Zoans at this point. Well, ancient Zoans. Yeah, the dragon is probably an idol. Dragon is an ancient Zoan, probably. It's gotta be gotta be right i don't know but th those are my thoughts just big mom up. has a paramecia yes big mom does indeed have a paramecia but she's a pack now she is a pack look at the yeah, elder the strongest paramecia right now i think it's yeah Aside from I, Mania, I i knew katakuri nah. is paramecia no nah, i think big mom is way stronger than both of them I think Akainu is the strongest, right? You wildin'. Not stronger than Big Mom. Akainu's a Logia. No like, in terms of firepower, like, raw destruction, I think that's the strongest one. She can steal his life. Yeah, but she can... He literally... Well, you do have to be afraid of her. He took oh, away half of face. But she can turn light... She can... I don't know. I think she's a beast. She, is a she beast. could fight on her own, and she could create life around her to fight for her. Well, put it this way. Uh, just, she needed a two-on-one to take her down. And she still ain't die, but she got hurt pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, were those yeah, all your thoughts, my... Brian? Brian? What? Were those all your thoughts? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this was, like, so packed with information but also at the same time not enough to really go on oda's very good at oda should be a contract lawyer dude the way he like mm. he withholds information but also gives you little morsels it's it's fucking irritating sometimes <laughs> in a good way but i'm also like just fucking say it say what you mean uh i think one of the more interesting things about it is the poneglyphs were Written by the people of Wano. So how does someone from Alabasta have that ability to be the cause of them being, like, scattered around like that? Do they have a connection to Wano? Mm. Does Alabasta have, like, the secret connection to Wano this whole time? Is that why the Pluton Poneglyph was at Alabasta? Mm. It's interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, very interesting. The, yeah, Wano is one of the kingdoms that just didn't get involved with the world government. So I guess it makes sense that one of the kings that didn't, you know, sit with the rest of the. Well, I think like world. Wano wasn't even like one of the 20 founding countries. 
like part of the 20 founding kings. They yeah, were closed they off from the start. Or they didn't want to be. Huh? It's because they didn't want to be, right? Like they didn't I would imagine so, but like the 20 kings, like Vivi's case is different is because she could have, or like Lily's case is different because she could have been, but she refused. Whereas I don't think even the people of Wano were even in that 20. I think they were just like apart from the start. Um, so that's an idea. What else? What else did I want to say? What was the deal with Wano that it used to be lowered and then it got risen and, and the old Wano got flooded? Yeah. Or something like that. that? The original Wano is like buried like under miles of sea, uh, under like a bunch of sea. Like they eventually got flooded out and the Wano that we know now sits atop this mountain basically. Yeah. But 800 years ago, it wasn't like that. So I feel like that's important <laughs> to remember. Um, one other thing I guess I wanted to bring up, I guess this is more excitement for what's happening on Egghead because uh, Jay Garcia is heading there and we may actually get to see his devil fruit thing before everybody, anybody else. Oh, I remember the, um, the image we've seen on the cameras of that shadow we saw. Oh, right. Yeah, he's probably already doing it. He's probably already full devil fruit form. <laughs> Oh, maybe you was right, man. I was like, nah. I told you guys. I told yeah, you guys. man, you did. I mean, there's no way. It, These it guys... could have also been the girl, though. Hmm? It could have also been the girl. No, it was definitely he, uh, Jay Garcia. Oh, my God. 100%. Imagine if he's the final boss of, of Egghead. Luffy has to fight yeah. one of the five elders oh. off the jump. Man, that would be dope. Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited. I'm so glad it's not on break next week. I yeah, need it. Thank goodness. I gotta have it. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah, one of the things that I wish, and I know that this is just a, a mechanic of just Oda trying to relay a lot of information at once, is that every page feels like so jam-packed. Like... The panel layout is uh is really intense, but he's got to do what he's got to do. <laughs> We're he's in chapter one thousand and eighty five. I feel like he's trying to get as much done as possible. But hey, I think we're getting more than uh than we've gotten in a long time as far as this major type of reveals. Yeah, it's all I ever wanted. You know, we were talk we were always talking about a uh, post Wano. One Piece, and man, it has not disappointed. It is so fucking cool. Um, but yeah, that's all I gotta say. Uh, all three, all three of us plus the audience, uh, gave it a really good chapter of the week. And if you want to vote as well for your favorite, uh, next week we do the poll. Uh, about a couple hours after the series, uh, the chapters drop on Viz. So uh, check that out. Subscribe to the YouTube for that. Uh, and yeah, are we all ready to move on? Yes. Alrighty. Well, that being said, uh, let's move on. Hmm. My Hero Academia. This is My Hero Academia, Chapter 390. 
Shoto Todoroki Rising. Uh, okay. So the last few chapters have been dealing with very well-drawn but short uh, short looks into the battle between uh, the Todoroki family and uh, Toya. Um, Toya is basically about to explode because he's his edge is just escaping him. He can't control the the pure concentrated <laughs> edge within him anymore. And he sure can. He's he's going to go supernova and explode everything, but the entirety of the Todoroki family has shown up to try and slow the process and hopefully cool him down before he explodes. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Todoroki and Ida are basically moving uh, at the speed of sound, uh, trying to get to the battlefield and uh, and stop Todoroki, uh, Toya as well. Um he, they they basically formed this cool uh, ice jet construct uh, to help Ida uh, along and to I guess build up velocity. But uh, this chapter opens with Ida's legs finally giving out <laughs> after running as fast as he possibly could for for so long, and um, yeah, basically uh, they ba- they give it one last push. And apparently reach transonic speed, which is as fast as transonic. Gotta go fast. <laughs> uh, That's a real term. I guess so. I guess it's the speed. Whatever a fighter jet is, that's that's transonic speed. Um, and they explain that he's using the regenerating ice constructs to uh, reduce drag and creating a layer of heated air to reduce friction. So, damn. Real science, I guess, in wow. how fast they're moving. But uh, Ida's legs give out. He falls to the ground, and uh, Todoroki makes the rest of his way on his own as we cut to a narration uh, of him writing uh, a letter to his mom about you know how much his classmates are caring people and you know, how they are inspiring him to uh, kind of open himself up more and uh, that he's trying his best. Um, and we then, uh, as he's approaching uh, Toya and Endeavor and the rest of the family, uh, we get a look into um, Toya's mind as he's thinking about how his, uh, his origin as Toya and Dobby and uh, how if it was if it was so simple a thing, if only we'd but but it has like this sooner. There are still arguments he wants to have and things he still wants to say. And um, at the end of the day, uh, I think uh, Toya actually activates this. Like his mouth just like generates this little weird. I guess it's an ice ball of some sort, and uh, it explodes. I guess in conjunction with Todoroki's. Um, ice attack and it creates the great glacial agar i guess that's how you pronounce it and um yeah uh, over a couple pages the everything is calmed down uh toya has been neutralized and todoroki's like our whole family is here well not great but maybe it's for the best because his great glacial agus alone might not have been enough to stop it and uh Mm -hmm. Toya is down on the ground. He is basically completely frozen. 
And um, he says, basically, ever since round one back there, Toya's fire just kept growing. And he reached uncharted territory where I can't tread. Maybe I was never actually the masterpiece creation. And uh, Todoroki, who's... Uh, not Todoroki. Well, technically Todoroki. But Toya is basically a, a fucking skull. A skeleton man. Still hating. <laughs> Pretty much. Still hating. He's like, uh, you all die already. He looks like Ganon's corpse. For real. He's like, you all and me too drop dead. Um, and He's still like, talking. How? Yeah. Jack Skellington, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking, is this Brooks' origin? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's freezing from the inside. Yeah. Um, so Endeavor crawls over to him and uh, uses the remainder of his firepower, I guess, to kind of, like, f- prevent him from freezing completely. Uh, and he's like, go on. I hate you all. I hate you, Dad, the whole family. And, uh, you know, Toy- Endeavor is, like, egging him on, telling him to keep going just so, you know, he stays on this earth, basically. <laughs> he doesn't mm-hmm. just die. Um, and, uh, man, uh, Endeavor starts just apologizing. It's like, Ray, I'm sorry for pushing you. Fuyumi, I'm sorry for leaving you to pick up the pizzas. Natsuo, I'm sorry for neglecting you. And he then apologizes to Shoto. And uh, the chapter ends with... Uh, Toga, I guess realizing that um, Dobby didn't really explode and uh, Uraraka is just buried under a pile of twices and um, that's where the chapter ends Uh, Josh, what did you think about My Hero Academia chapter 390 you know um, over the past handful of chapters I've been finding myself much less critical um of, of i guess like how the story is being delivered and i guess the the lack of um i guess time that could have been spent on on certain themes but to get to the point i thought um although this is a super emotional chapter i i I, my favorite part of, I guess, like the part that stood out the most to me was when uh, Todoroki started mentioning how he himself started to open up uh, by reaching out, you know, by first like trying to do that, like with the students. And I'm not going to say like we didn't see that too much. I will say that that's not really something I paid attention to, you know, but I, I, I did notice him like getting out of his shell um, gradually. So, you know, I, I felt him there and I thought it made a lot of sense that he, like, I feel like I could feel the regret and um, and sadness that he felt when he thought, I wish I could have went through that with Toya, you know, because of how troubled he was, he could relate in a way and that they could have, you know, went through that together as brothers and, and helped deal with each other's burdens. Really sad stuff. Um, Great Glacial Azure. I like that one. Very nice mode. Basically an ice explosion, right? Yeah. Ice bomb? Big old ice bomb. Big ass ice bomb. <laughs> and then he and then and then after all of it he stood with the with the Gohan pose. 
Yeah. The one on ha, ha. talking all that shit. That that I just won the game shit. I just won this match. I, this fight is over. Yeah, we're gonna get to the good times. Don't worry. Ever since that first round we fought. Ha ha LOL. I'll see you at the hospital later. Peace. Um, so yeah. Also with Endeavor at the end. I I don't know why I didn't notice him warming up his body, but I definitely thought that him freezing to death was him dying. But I'm I'm holding out of you know, I'm holding the hope that he will survive this. I liked it. I, I enjoyed this chapter. It, it hit emotionally well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Endeavor's burnt face helps a lot. It helps a lot, a lot. His son is cooked. His dad is fried. His <laughs> shoulder's like, you know, over easy on the, on the eye. The whole whole family session right now, whole cookout. Yeah. Well, those are your um, on a the last note um speaking of the rest of the family the ice people right you ever seen them like tiktok or or instagram uh, videos of people like cooking stuff but it was of somebody cooking water Mm -hmm. like in mad different ways i've never seen that no (laughs) like they start with the ice and then they put it in the pan they mix it and it just and then it boils into water and then they put it into another bowl, start mixing it up, and then put it more. Like it's just so stupid. They keep making ice, like water into ice, and ice into water. And just imagine their family getting cooked, like that video, <laughs> like ice getting cooked. That was a Todoroki <laughs> family experience. That was. <laughs> uh, is Brian back? Yeah. He is. Yeah. All right. Thank God. Um. Sure. This chapter was. Really interesting. It's kind of like a like a like a temporary wrap up for the story of Todoroki and of the Todoroki family. And honestly, I don't mind the way that it ended. You know, um, Todoroki and and Ida working together was so fucking sick. I think it's pretty. Um, I think it's very like. I think it's interesting that the final move that Toroki does. Um, it's like, so the whole story he was spending, like trying to embrace like the half of him, that's fire. Right. And it's him coming together, coming to terms that, you know, he's just as much of his father than he, that he is, then, um, as his mother, you know, and what, saves the family is the ice quirk again you know like it's not it it, he didn't have to use the fire he kind of came back to who he was again Mm -hmm. you know um and i have a little idea of what this like like the true resolution is going to be and i hope this happens where um the family kind of I think all of them are going to come out with burn scars like Todoroki. And that's when they're going to start healing as a family. Is when they are all scarred, you know? It's like all the pain that they had was all internal. 
and Todoroki was the only one that was wearing it on his face. And now they're now that it's all out in a, in front of them, you know, like on their face, that's when they're going to be able to move on. And I hope that's what happens with this, you know, like all of their, all of their pain is on, like is out there and now they can move forward and start to come together and come to terms with, you know, what happened. Um, and I, I don't know. This is such an interesting, like, plot. Like, an int- interesting plot line that, you know, is coming to terms. And I still don't know how to feel about it. Which is still... Which is not to say that it's bad, but that's actually really interesting. You know, there's no definitive, like, oh, you have to forgive Endeavor for what he did. Or, oh, you have to... um you have to feel bad for Dobby. Like this ending kind of leaves you with your own interpretation on how you feel about it. Right. Like nobody forgave Endeavor. Nobody forgave Dobby. There's no forgiving happening here. Um, But there is a lot of emotions here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, like complications to it and that makes this the best plot line in my hero academia by far because of that it it doesn't hold your hand it doesn't say what's right and what's wrong it's up to you to decide what how you feel about it and i think that's the best way for a story following this um this touchy of a subject can do it you know like it can't have its own like it can't like have a sweeping statement it has to be something that's ambiguous you know so that's why i like this chapter so much um and i guess coming up we're going to resolve the whole toga situation which um i hope he can salvage it because i never really liked it (laughs) but We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm in agreement with, with you guys. I think this was like a really, really good chapter. I'm actually like, I am kind of impressed of how he kind of pulled this whole thing off. Um, and I, you know, it, it, this is a very touch. This is a very touchy issue. You know, and uh, I really respect how he resolved it because. Nobody's like everybody. Nobody there. There is no forgiveness, but there's, but everybody still kind of like loves each other. It's all about just moving forward at this point. Um. And, I it, it is smart that to leave that completely like ambiguous as to what what they say to him after. Uh, I will say I don't know if Shoto is going to really participate in the rest of the fight. Uh, well maybe Shoto will. <laughs> out, out of everyone there, he's the least cooked so uh he might pull up again uh, i think the the art after uh todoroki pulls up is really good uh i just love how dobby is just, like he's drawn uh he looks very decrepit and and kind of uh not cool but like it's it just 
is cool from like an artistic perspective. How uh, how kind yeah, of I like think it's really dope. withered he is. Um, I think what Brian brought up about all of them having scars is very interesting. Uh, and I think that's probably true. I think they're all gonna have burn marks. Um, but now they're I guess in a cooling period, which is kind of nice for the Todoroki family. This they've gone through a lot and they deserve it. Uh, I don't want to retread a whole lot of tires that you guys already have gone through, but I will agree with Brian. Uh, I am opti- I'm hopeful that he can save Toga's arc here. I'm not particularly a fan because uh, I think it's the kind of the most like kind of nebulous character arc I know. I'm still not entirely sure what to make of it. Um, so, you know. I'm not sure what the topic of her story is like is it mental health like it is, is it love? i think what is it i think it's in the, along those lines of mental health but i'm not necessarily sure what he's trying to say with toga and maybe i'm just missing the point and if you guys in the comments have any idea uh please let us know because i feel like that's always the thing i've kind of been missing about my hero uh is toga's role specifically and like how her story kind of really uh translates out to the broader message of her of my hero academia the world and all that stuff so i don't know trying to trying to think about it maybe her story is about you know mental illness and is someone ever too far gone to be helped yeah you know maybe that's what it is or to be loved and all that stuff like can can a, a person who's like truly demented be rehabilitated or be like accepted by society, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like it's a it's really tough to to follow this, especially the way that he was doing it. Yeah, because um, it's also kind of like draped over this kind of um, high school girl cl- crush motif. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, if this like one-sided love triangle didn't exist, this probably would have been a better backstory or a, a better story line. But yeah, I feel like there were better ways for an Italian or get to this. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, you know, too early to tell. I guess maybe, maybe he'll like save it at the end. Um, I'm willing to give it a chance. Yeah, I mean, well, we're gonna. <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I mean, mentally speaking. Yeah. I'm not gonna go on with it with an attitude. I'm be honest. This arc, like Toga's arc, didn't. It probably didn't have to include Deku at all. It could have just all been about Uraraka. Maybe, maybe. Like, um, what does Deku being involved in her story change about it at all? Yeah. Think about it. Like the the moment, even during My Villain Academia. She used Uraraka's quirk. Well, she's like, her thing is that she's, I feel like her powers are more stronger when she's imitating someone she admires in some way, shape, or form. So Exactly. So if it just was about Uraraka the whole time, it would have made more sense, I think. Yeah. I don't know. But um, they had to tie in Deku for some reason. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, like my hero academia is going to be off next week. 
because uh, Horikoshi is undergoing a couple hiatuses. Um, I'm hoping he's okay, to be honest. He just... I mean, he is drawing up a fucking storm. Like, this guy is doing... Okay. He's doing some crazy, phenomenal art right now. I agree, and I'm but... sure that can't be, like, too conducive. Uh, like, he has to be taking, like, breaks and or at least taking more time to to draw these things because, like... He's been he's been taking more breaks during this arc, and the art has taken a huge step up. So I'm guessing it this is kind of like a way to kind of balance the things out. Mm-hmm. Especially chapters are kind of shorter too. Yeah. Well, in any case, I hope he's okay, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. But those are really all my thoughts on uh, on my hair this week. Uh, are there any rebuttals? Anything to mention? Dopers. Jash. Uh nope. I'm just glad that we're probably gonna be back to mauling at my hero soon again. To what? Oh. <laughs> I'll go easy. Um all right. Well, with that being said, um let's move onward. Oh jeez. Bradi Kuros. Chainsaw Man. This is Chainsaw Man Chapter 131, Tastes Like Crap. <laughs> um, last we left off, uh, Denji and Asa are were being chased uh, all over the town on their cool-ass motorcycle chainsaw motorcycle thing. Um, but the Falling Devil has like really made it difficult for them to escape, and they were basically just run up a ramp uh, directly into the weird stomach mouth of this strange tendril devil um and as they were uh landing in um they basically get caught in the jaws of this tendril devil you know the micro the motorcycle and uh themselves caught in between um the falling devil is like i did say the dinosaur don't finish their food must die but the food isn't supposed to be able to run and I think she uses her abilities to push them uh, into the weird uh, tendril monster's guts. Almighty push. Yeah, almighty push. Um, On the count of your Uzumaki gene. Yeah. Uh, that is just a cope. Uh, <laughs> so they get pushed in and um, Falling Devil is like, how is the taste of human steeped in fear? And the monster basically vomits them out of his regular little mouth. Um, And the falling devil is heartbroken. (laughs) She's like, I I made that meal with love. How dare you throw it up? And she basically... She started to cry. Yeah. And she basically, like, explodes this devil out. uh, Which is crazy. (laughs) She just easily killed this thing. I would assume it was like stronger than her because she was trying to please it, but I guess not. Uh, the falling devil then bows and says, I'm, I'm sorry, I failed to feed Asa Mitaka to the diner. And um, we see the famine devil is there and she commands the falling devil to return. Uh, she does so. And um, she picks up the weird tiny corpse of the falling devil and uh, she asks... How'd you make them barf? How'd you make it uh, barf barf them up? 
control. Uh, oh, no, no, <laughs> this one. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the control devil uh, is there, and she basically explains that she controlled the devil's brain a teensy bit to make the humans taste like literal crap. Uh, so that's not fun. Yeah. Uh, and she basically asks, uh, the famine devil why she's after Denji and the girl. And famine explains that Nostradamus's prophecy is coming true. And, uh, the ultimate terror will descend upon the world leading to a, an age of devils. And, um, I, I forget the human version of the control devil's current name. Um, mm. uh, I feel like I knew it two weeks ago when she was around, um, but she's basically like, ooh, that sounds fun. And uh, the famine devil's like, I don't want it. If an age of devil comes, then p things like pizza and Chinese food will cease to be. And uh, the control devil's like, what? No more pizza? And she's like, Neyuda. Neyuda, thank you. Uh, and she's like, I know. It's the worst imaginable scenario. And I agree. Um... So she's like, at this rate, neither you nor I nor the Chainsaw Man will be able to stop the prophecy. Uh, but the War Devil could probably win. And she's like, then why? And why you just tried to kill her? And she explains that her intention was only to starve the War Devil in the Devil's in that Devil's belly, because she can turn the starved into her pawns. But um, she turns over and she's like, work with me, Control. With our strength combined. The age of devils may not arrive. And um, Nayuta's like, no way. And she's like, why not? And it's like, because I have school. And the next day, the next page is literally, the I guess, the next day where uh, the a teacher is asking a question. is like, raise your hand if you know the answer. And little Nayuta is like, me, me, me. I know. And that's where the chapter ends. Uh <laughs> Josh, what did you think about Chainsaw Man, Chapter One Thirty One? This is one of the most random um, endings uh, to the Chainsaw Man chapter, and that that says a lot. Um, I don't really know what to think. I don't know what's next. I forgot they were sisters. What's this control? The famine? That's her name. Yeah, famine. The famine devil. And control the their sisters. They're related. Yes. I guess I can see the... Not that they look... I mean, they have the eyes, but that's not the point. I guess I'm trying to think about... Um... <clears throat> Famine, I guess with, with you starve people, you can control them by controlling the resources and their access to food. So I guess that comes hand in hand. Yeah, I don't think there's yeah. like a particular. It's not like the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse or anything. There's, I don't think there's. Oh like no, a, I don't think it's like that. I'm just saying, like the fact. I think them being related means something, you know. Mm. I well, don't think it's. I guess they're also the Four Horsemen. Though. They're both related to war, so it's the War Devil, Control Devil, and Famine Devil. Oh, they're all related. Yeah. Wow. I, I just realized that. <laughs> that, was a, that was a bombshell for me. 
Um, yeah, this this was not what I expected. I expected the monster to get to get destroyed, but not like this. Yeah, I I I did expect for him to get destroyed from the inside, but not like that. I'm amazed. And then she, and then Famine just pulled up and canceled her summon of the devil. <laughs> like you see how she dispersed. Yeah, into like ashes. That's lit. Into like a literally like a little pond. And then the person's head that she chopped off, like, just dropped and went to just die. Insane. We're, we're, I know we're desensitized, this, desensitized at this point, but um, sometimes I got to take a step back and say, wow, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> what, cho- what decisions in my life came, like, brought me to enjoy something like this? Every week, page after page. Brian, you have any thoughts? Um, I think it was a okay chapter. Um, I think uh, Lil Makima showing up was a bit of a surprise. The ending was like super. Yeah, the ending was like super chainsaw man. (laughs) Like it was just such a chainsaw man thing. Like I guess Denji's influence kind of rubbed off on her because I could see Denji doing some shit like that. Um, I'm just a little bit confused about just how just what Nayuta is like is she bad is she good is she like what is she <laughs> well she's not good <laughs> well she's not bad either I mean you know she's I feel like she's in this neutral space that is being completely held together by Denji and that's honestly pretty good for a devil of her stature she is a lot like Denji in the way that she talks like the way that the way that she talks the way that she like like her priorities like she has very simple priorities like if you were to put denji in her spot i feel like she would he would say the same thing she says yeah um and i think that's actually pretty interesting yeah i i think that's actually pretty a, a pretty interesting concept you don't really see anime protagonists raising a child, so um, it's interesting to see how he had how his influence affects her. And I wonder how she's gonna be when she gets older. Like, what what is she gonna be like? Because she's not gonna be like Makima, and it makes you wonder, like, what would it look like if Denji had the control? Had the control devil instead of the chainsaw. Like, what would he do with that? You know, and I guess you know it's really good that it's going on a very simple person who's not very complex. Because the more complex it is, the more control you're, the the more influence you're going to have on the world. You know, mm-hmm. like she could just fucking use her control 
her control power to just get more fucking pizza or some shit. Yeah, I wonder if she's thought about that. She probably used it a couple times when she wasn't supposed to. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Denji encouraged it because they broke as fuck. Like, why don't you control them to bring that whole dinner plate over here? <laughs> nah, Denji wouldn't do that. But yeah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to see what plans he has for Nayuta. Um, like maybe she takes over the series at some point or something. Who knows? But those are my thoughts. Yeah, uh, I really love that last panel. <laughs> I think it's just so funny because these are all regular kids mm-hmm. among one of the strongest devils just there trying to answer a math problem. <laughs> Um, I think it was just kind of adorable. Um, I also, one thing I also appreciated is that Denji's like overall goal, aside from his more selfish desires, like his more noble thing that he's chasing right now is putting, uh, Nayuta through school. And it is cool to see like Nayuta also in turn, take that seriously as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of touching in that way, even though they have, like a questionable kind of relationship, it does show that there is some kind of level of care that they have for each other. Each other that's like genuine, especially on Nayuta's uh, side, uh, because she doesn't have to be who she is. Like Nayuta is not a girl who's possessed by the control devil. She is the control devil. So I do think it's uh, kind of sweet that she would go out of her way here casually hear that the world is ending and prioritize denji's uh wish for her well-being over that <laughs> it's kind of weirdly adorable um but i am excited for what what's to come this this uh age of devils thing sounds super interesting and i'm wondering how that's going to develop um but i am um, I am really uh, excited to see what it's going. The the no more Chinese food and pizza is kind of like also a funny thing too, because all of the all of the the protagonists in this series only ever want something simple, you know. Like they don't ever fight for super lofty ideals. They're just like you know fighting for whether it's the safety of a friend or you know safety of their cat to eat regular food <laughs> you know to get like someone that's liked yeah um and that's something i appreciate about chainsaw man i think it's uh really interesting no one's ever trying to save the world for the world's sake it's more like so they can have a bare minimum decent life mm. um which you know you think of all the bullshit you go through just to have a regular life <laughs> in this in this world yeah, as if there are actual devils around. Yeah. Um, the, you know, not the Christian Judeo kind, but... <laughs> but the chainsaw yeah. man type. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's all I really have to say about Chainsaw Man. I thought it was awesome. I love Chainsaw Man so much, guys. If you aren't reading it, please do. The hype is real. Sometimes, guys, the hype is real. Sometimes. And you need to believe it. Hype is real. Um, but yeah, that's all I gotta say about it. Uh, you guys ready to move onward? 
Yep. All right, let's go. The champ is here! World Trigger! All right. We got two chapters of World Trigger. Long awaited. Um, we're going to start with uh, cha- cha- World Trigger Chapter uh, 233, The Away Mission Test Part 30. Yeesh. <laughs> you almost forget how long this arc is. Um, yeah. But I certainly don't forget. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, they seem to be speeding it up a little bit. This is. Yeah. Fucking we, God. We start off uh, with three different matches going on at the same time. Um, a lot of them seem to be, uh, you know, losses and not doing well generally of Ninomiya squad. Um, we left off last chapter with the notion that Chica has been very much struggling in the Ninomiya squad. Um, and we're seeing why after the 10th match, uh, Chica is deflated and, uh, they're just trying to figure out why that is. Um, They've only had one win the whole day and uh, four losses and four draws. So, you know, they're just wondering, it's like, whoa, why in the world did everybody come after Amatori with such a vengeance? And um, Azuma is thinking, like, well, they're probably familiar with uh, with Chica from the Rank Wars and realize that she's probably the strongest person uh, to take down. But is hitting her this hard really necessary? Um so Nino Mia then turns to Chica and is like, have you figured anything out on your own yet? And uh, Chica just, you know, lets it all out. She's just like, she can't do anything right. And um, Nino Mia is like, you don't seem to understand, Amatori. I, from the very start, I stated that I wouldn't be giving specific commands. I just wanted you all to act and think on your own. As long as my squad members followed that overarching directive then any and all responsibility lies with me, the captain in charge. And I thought that was super interesting, but we'll get back to that. Um, But, you know, Chica starts remembering back to the many days, many times where she wished that she could have, you know, contributed more on her own outside of just, you know, being a person who follows orders and all that stuff. And uh, Nino Mia fires back with and you're suggesting you didn't do that here and she says he says that attempting to reach a solution on your own is admirable but as soon as you realize you were in over your head you should have spoken up and asked for help so you know basically he's like you get you got to do that before things go bad you know before it gets out of hand so we can help each other and uh, azuma drops the fucking knowledge as azuma does he says the point of a test is to learn what you can't do. You're meant to discover mm-hmm. your own shortcomings. And this test brought to light one of your issues in advance of the way mission. So, you know, that's good enough. So basically, as an encouragement, he's like, your job is not to be, you know, all hard on yourself now, but to improve yourself before the big mission. And uh, Ninomiya is like, that's exactly right. <laughs> um. So that was a cute little moment. And um, the operator of the squad uh, basically says, Amatori, what would you have done? What what actions would you have liked to, the others to have taken? And uh, she starts talking. Um, and uh, we then cut to the management in, uh, in the HQ desk. And they all start basically explaining the uh, talking about the results of the day. 
uh, Sua Squad came in first today. Yay! <laughs> Good for them uh, with 1,240 points. So, you know, very cool moment. Um, Jin mentions that Sua's leadership was really ideal for the job at hand. And uh, the head guy, I forget his name, Kido, right? Uh, Kido is like, we should also give credit to Mikumo for his analysis and ideas. And everybody's like, whoa. Did he just compliment? Yeah, I think it's interesting that Jin wasn't the one who praised me, uh, Osamu. Yeah. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> Did you really praise uh, Osamu? So uh, we then find out that Kita's OS squad came in second. Um, so, you know, they, they basically, you know, talk about their, their, uh, strategy change that, that really helped them out in terms of, uh, focusing cannon fire to, I guess, specific spots instead of like randomly scattering them. Um, so yeah, they didn't really devote much time or effort to planning for the battle compared to the other people. But that allowed them to focus their energy on other assignments. So that's why they scored second place. Uh, we learned that Utagawa and Kodera tied for third. Um, so it and you know those coincidentally are the two squads that um, that shared information with Sua Squad. So that worked out. And then they go on to talk about OG Squad, which came in fifth place. Um, mm. And they came into uh, a unique strategy. Um, so basically they talk about how they're going to swap the units that they're controlling. Uh, for example, uh, Iko, Ikoma, sorry, <laughs> Ikoma is to control uh, OB's um, units. Um, so, and that uh, this guy would take over Iko's units. Uh, OG would take over Ikoma's units. Uh, I forget why, but um, basically, well, I mean, just, you know, just just so they can mix it up and try to uh, switch up their approach. Right. Yeah, I mean, you uh, know, like give them a different look with the same characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like people. You know, like people basically, people are too familiar with their own units, so they are going to use it at a predictable rate now, since everybody's familiar with everybody's abilities so them swapping it up means that they're going to use different units differently mm. so a basketball predict oh sorry a basketball analogy where like you have a point guard that usually runs the offense maybe now your small forward like brings it down from the key and initiates offense it's a different look yeah because the different defender has to come up to a different spot and then they're going to get they're going to either run a screen or how to attack or something like that it's you know just to freshen things up Keep yeah on toes. yeah that makes Add sense some variants. and then they could also maybe like you know learn from each other's abilities and maybe to t- like show each other something like an aspect of their ability that they never thought about yeah well thank you for the refresher um we also learned that uh, that Kuruma came in sixth place and Kakizaki came in uh, seventh. 
uh, Murakami Squad came in on eighth place. Um, and they mentioned that these would be the squads that, t- that took the bait when it came to others' outlandish schemes uh, because they were just, like, so by the book, I suppose, that they didn't really, like, a- um, update their scheme at all. But, yeah, they managed to win three three or four wins, basically. Um, and they probably could have uh, countered everybody's strategies if they had one more day, but eh, it'd be that way. Uh, so the chapter ends, this chapter ends with uh, the discussion around uh, Ninomiya's squad and Mizukami's squad. And uh, we cut to a flashback where Mizukami is about to go over his battle plan. And uh, we cut over to chapter 234, um, where uh, Mizukami is talking about the four squads that they really want to focus on. They want to focus on the top four squads and um, win at least two of those games, maybe three, if doable. Uh so they're basically like if we're talking a hundred point scale, two wins is like eighty percent, and uh three would give us one twenty. Think of it that way. Um so he's uh one of the other squad members uh is like, Are you suggesting that we throw the matches against lower rank squad? And he's like, No, you know, I mean I wouldn't say that. I would just say that we won't take them as seriously. Um He talks about how like the first factor is who's gonna be easier to beat. And uh, he's at this point, those bottom teams will be eager to make up the point difference. So there's a decent chance to totally switch up whatever strats they're using. Uh, And since we've gotten more units than yesterday, including four backup uh, backup units per squad, who knows how exactly they'll gamble. So he says, we'll be wasting a lot of time coming up with counters for every possible strategy. and meanwhile, leaders of the pack are just the types to come at us with straightforward tactics that they've just been polishing. Uh, so the gist of it is instead of trying to counter every single squad, it's more about devoting time and energy to rivals who will go down easier. Um, and uh, Mizukami's like, yep. And the second factor is uh, basically to... Uh, to realize that the only th- real threat to them is an elite team winning every match or an overtaking us. So their job is to squash that possibility. Uh, and at that point, Mizukami just asks them to continue grinding away at the delegated assignments and um, to train after train for the battle sims after 2 p.m. Uh so they're basically asking, like, why the delegated assignments then? Uh, and he explains that that with the battle sims, that it's win or lose, all or nothing. But the time spent plugging away at other assignments can translate to a lead in terms of points. And at the end of the day, I think this contest is going to decide, be decided on how far a squad gets with the delegated work as opposed to just the battle sims. So, Yeah. He's going to, so the, basically the idea is to use as much of their brain power towards the delegated assignments as possible. And then 
just really focus on specific battles within the battle sims, like the more important ones that, however they they choose to metric that. Well, yeah, the best squads because they're the only ones that have a realistic chance of um of overtaking them. Exactly. Whereas the lower rank squads, even if they won out, they still wouldn't overtake them. Mm-hmm. Well, they you know they they wouldn't have to worry about any of that those squads overtaking them if they at least win their games against the top ones. Exactly. And then it wouldn't matter how many games the top squads won because they're already ahead. Yeah. Very efficient way of thinking. Mm-hmm. This is a Shikamaru. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and for all of that, they explained that Mizukami achieved 10th place. Um, and... Basically, Jin explains his strategy further. Sending he mentions that he sent that the lower he, he sent the lower ranked teams information on the top performers, so that you know it, it would basically huh? Shiesty. Yeah, basically he gave them enough information so that it trips up the top uh, performers, uh, the top squads as well. So it's not just him you know, taking on the top squads. He's also having other people chisel away at them as well. Um, and he's basically, and Keto points out that while he's making outrageous demands of his own squad, he works entirely different strategies on the side. And he's wondering, like, is that like a good thing? Is that like, does that make our life easier having a guy like that around? And Shinoda's like, well, there's a time and place for that. Um, <laughs> you know it's not ideal but you know there there is use for folks like that um he then explains that Kodera squad did something similar uh you know with his exchanging of information between squads as well um and Kodera has shown himself to be earnest and humble in that in in using that strategy um and he mentions that it's only because Kodera happens to take pride in, pride in producing results. Because, you know, that's an A-rank quality, I guess. Um, so, they basically keep explaining that, in a way, Mizukami's choice to leave the bottom squads out of the counter strategy, his counter-strategies was the correct approach in this scenario. Um, and he's like, now then, regarding Ninomiya, who came in ninth place... Uh, he basically, uh, Kido actually brings up a concern, uh, brought up by captains Ninomiya and Azuma, uh, because he was talking about, he, he starts talking about how when trouble springs up on an away mission, it makes matters worse when someone is the type to take on a problem alone. So, you know, they, they peep that Azuma told Amatori that she needs to show improvement during these trials and, you know, to be better about not taking so much on her own. Um, they mentioned that they were lucky that Murakami's squad, uh, who was their final opponent, hadn't received the information like Kodera and Mizukami did. So, uh, you know, losing that final match would have put them in dead last. So, you know, they were kind of lucky that they didn't, they weren't facing someone who had information like the other squads they faced. Um, and at the very end of the totem pole is Wakamura squad, who did not come out pretty well. Correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they noticed on top of that that Hughes has been 
you know, really restrained, but at the same time, he's been kind of, kind of running things in a sense. Uh, and this they, illegal. yeah, and they kind of like bring that up as a potential problem because they think it's kind of a intentional thing that he didn't aggressively seek to lead and take over, uh, but he didn't exactly stop it, you know? Um, or I guess, like, he, the reason he didn't uh, approach that is that he knew that it would probably make him look bad in terms of letting him go on the away mission. Um, so, yeah. Uh, right, they, he can't help but to... Like he's he's really strong, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess he can't really blend it in. He has to either completely be subordinate or lead, mm-hmm. unless he's really comfortable, like with uh, Nakumo and them. Yeah. Um. And they mentioned that they chose Wakamura as a provisional captain with the very future of the organization in mind. So, you know, it. Although he's not doing well, they did pick him for a reason. Um, and Kido's like, well, I hope he rises to meet your expectations. And um, they look at the cumulative battle sim scores of as of day three. And uh, Utagawa squad is in uh, first place with Ninomiya trailing behind at second, Kodera in third, Suwa in fourth, Kitazoe in fifth, Kuruma in sixth, Mizukami in seventh, Oji in eighth, Murakami in ninth, Kakizaki in tenth, and eleventh place is Wakamura. And I think this is like the cumulative, uh, the cumulative test so far. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Suwa Squad is in the top five, um, and yeah, as the day goes forward, everybody's like, "Well, the numbers start to begin to reveal the squad's shortcomings. They got to buckle down for a while." As we enter day four, and uh, they receive the scores for the fourth day, uh, they went through the whole day already, and um, the scores look awfully fishy, it seems, because that's where the chapter ends, as Mizukami mm-hmm. is like, what the heck is this about? And I'm right, I'm placed. <laughs> uh, so, Josh, what do you think about World Trigger chapters 233 and 234? <clears throat> um... The one thing I wanted to talk about uh, for sure was uh, the wisdom of Ninomiya and Asuma. So this is, again, one of the many reasons why, well, no, this is one of the core reasons I really enjoy this series is for the moments of not just character building, but really just like sage advice and how to like, you know, learn and move forward uh in your life and try to build uh better habits etc very very healthy dialogue um you know there was a moment when i think uh what was the kid's name with the uh uh uh, emmy emma emmy i forget his name yeah oh no it's emma it's emma emma yeah he uh at like right after um like asthma finished his spiel um he kind of gestured to Nino Mia and he was like, right, that's basically what I was saying. And, um, you know, he, he kind of responded like, well, geez, you should have said that to begin with. But 
you know, I argue it's necessary to have both, to have that type of balance, like someone to, you know, carefully guide you, like do your mistakes and encourage you. And also someone that's going to, you know, watch over you, uh, but also like allow you to make your own mistakes and, and try to figure it out because a lot of times in life, you're not going to have someone to hold your hand. You know, and no one's going to hold their hand over in the neighbor world. Yeah. An alien fucking city. You know, no one. None of the neighbors going to hold their hand. Not one. They're going to just snatch it up and turn it into an egg or something. Something weird like that. A cube. Yeah. So, um, that was very enjoyable for me uh, for the first chapter. Uh, you know, as far as the test results go, I think what this is implying is it's it says day three cumulative right now, right there. So I don't think it's implying anything. I think it's directly telling us that this was the uh the score with combining the uh what do you call that the battle sims with the um homework assignment. So that's why I think. The, the scores look so out of whack because Mizukami believes that um, you know because they focus so much on the work that they should have a sizable lead but I think it's because they did so bad on the um, like on the battle sims well actually did, they didn't do that bad right how many um, I forgot how, how, how many wins do they have Mizukami had, uh... came out with two wins damn yeah, they didn't do but they didn't go do great. Today. Right, but they yeah, they, they had a I don't know, they had a they had a strategy though. But I think maybe he's gonna be surprised that the other squads have caught up work wise too, maybe. Oh, maybe maybe that's the key to it. I can't see what else it would be. Um Utagawa. Utagawa. I don't know. Don't remember. He's from um, Kazami Squad. I I think that's his name. I'm bugging. It's a third rank squad, A rank squad. The guy, uh, the little short guy with the scorpion. He's he's on Utagawa Squad with the with the guy who could hear. Oh, they didn't show them much. Yeah, no, they didn't really show them. Yeah. Oh, they did something really good. Yeah, they came in sixth and seventh. That's not bad. Yeah, this must be a community. Yeah. Okay, well, those those are pretty much all my thoughts. I mean, the there was a lot of content packed into these two chapters, but um, I'm kind of just reading and ready for them to get to something a little bit more uh, impactful. I get it. I understand the point. I think I get, you know, I, I get that there's a lot of nuance to the system and that nuance is expressed in, in how these characters are growing and, and, and learning how to deal with new situations and the, the, the various strategies and stuff. I guess we, I don't know if you have any, you know, any, any big thoughts on this chapter as far as like the strategies and stuff go. Chris O'Brien. Uh, Brian, do you have any thoughts? 
Um, this chapter, these chapters are much better than the other ones when it comes to this, uh, you know, simulation arc, I guess. Um, I think the first nine pages of the first chapter was what I, what I wanted more out of this arc. It, I wanted it more to be, it was too much about the game. It was too much about strategy. This arc should have been more about, like, personality and, like, you know, personality issues and, like, mental development, you know? It should have been more about that. And I feel like it took so long to set up this game and added these boring-ass assignment ass for no reason. And this art, this... These chapters alone took away all the unnecessary fat, focused on the characters, and uh, put the game more towards the back and used that as a vessel to, to um, for character development. And that's what I wanted. But instead, they focused too much on the on the simulation and all that stuff, and it made it so fucking boring. Like, I like that we got to see like we could just say all right so they're struggling with the game all right they're focusing um they're focusing chica and now we see how that's affecting her and this this chapter does that so fucking well like this is why i wanted to see give me more of this um and it's a shame that it took so long for it to get to this point uh like i know you guys enjoyed this arc a lot more than i did I'm sure, like I said last time, if I were to read this all in bulk, I probably would enjoy it more. But uh, it wasn't released in bulk, so I don't enjoy it very much. But these two chapters were much, much better um, with the way they handled it. And I was a lot more engaged. Um, like the topics that people were talking about were much, much easier to follow. Um you know, characters are actually have like tangible issues, like more um, notable issues or, um, you know, it was cool to see that Wakamura wasn't just chosen randomly, like, or um, it, it looks like there's more, like, I, I'm sure, like them focusing on him and stuff like that was just like, it wasn't for no reason. But now it adds a little bit more viability when Kojima says his name is Kojima, right? Or is it Konami? Who? No, it's Kojima. Who? The no, leader? it's um Scar Guy. Fuck. Uh, Who are you talking about? Shin- Shinoda. There you go. When Shinoda says that he like that he put Wakamura as a captain. Oh. For the future of of um of uh fucking whatever it's called, forget border for the for the future of border. I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't know this. These two chapters do what all the chapters previously uh didn't do, and um, I kind of hope that they continue to get on this stride, even though it looks like this part is about to wrap up. Um, 
and I hope we get into the more exciting parts now that this is done. I'm just so glad that these assignment these assignments are done, dude. <laughs> like this this was like a slog to get through for me. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next. Music comedy was pretty sick this chapter. Um, but yeah, that that's all I got to say. Well, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, Brian, but I don't think it's over yet. I think they were supposed to spend a week at this thing, and they just finished the fourth day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, F in the chat. Make it Brian. stop. <laughs> if I got to see them sit down and be like, all right, guys, time to stop focusing on the video game and start doing our homework. Everybody, yeah. sit down at the table. And let's do homework. <laughs> and <laughs> well, but Paul, homework if we do our homework now, then we're gonna lose more matches. Well, they skipped an entire day with the fourth day, so there's hope that they could just like bulldoze through the rest of this. Just fucking press a fast forward button or make it interesting. Make it interesting like you just did right now, okay? For fuck's sake, make it more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I I think it wouldn't be as big a deal if this was weekly, <laughs> but um, I will yeah. I will say I also really like these two chapters. As somebody who is kind of sort of feeling the fatigue of this arc, uh, I I do enjoy. I did enjoy these two chapters a lot. Um, I love the little chica moment. It's cute. It was like oh, learning a lesson. He's- these might be the this, these might be the best two chapters of this arc so far. Maybe I'll say that. I remember. I can't. Like at least, like at least since the beginning of the arc. I think the beginning of the arc was the best part. Hmm. And then after that, it just didn't. It just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And that's why it kind of. No, I don't blame you. I get it. It's kind of hard to follow. It it is a it is a live info, and hey, I mean, to be honest, it wouldn't be w- the world trigger we love if it wasn't needlessly uh, com- uh, complicated to- <laughs> at every aspect. Yeah, I'm biased towards that. I really do enjoy that aspect of the series. Mm-hmm. Dude, imagine, oh, imagine the creator world trigger in Togashi like <laughs> linking up. To make something, Man, it would be unstoppable. Every series would be twelve, <laughs> fucking ball. like every arc would be twelve volumes. Every arc would be a tournament. Of one specific event. Yeah, it would just be having Zarina the the fucking the the series. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but yeah, I really um I really like the breakdowns from the HQ stuff. It gives us perspective into the development that is being teased here. Um. Yeah, there's little moments. I you guys talked about it a lot, but I did really enjoy reading these more. Like, it is fun to me to read like the more detailed breakdowns of every character, um, especially because it helps me remember who everybody is. You know, every time I read it, being a month apart by a cast. Can I just say real quick? Oh, what? Sorry, I forgot to say um about Nina Mia's leadership style. I thought it was really interesting that he was like, I didn't expect him to be like a, 
like um extremely understanding and oh and, a uh, nice guy this leader huh <laughs> to, you didn't expect to be just a nice guy no not he's not even just being like a nice guy but he's being like a like um like an understanding and uh what's the word like he he bears responsibility like he like his tenureship like his um his experience is showing here um and i thought that was very interesting that that you know he was very vague purposely vague and um he uses his um and he uses that to be kind of the person like if something goes wrong or if somebody um if somebody spins out it's on him more than them so it kind of supports them more and makes them feel more comfortable with um like their issues right because that like they were put in this situation to struggle a little bit and um to seek um assistance when they struggle you know and um it's kind of using him as a vehicle to do it so i thought that was really a really interesting like um little little tactic that he did as a leader to kind of get the most out of you know a little like the younger people on the on the crew um and it seems like you know um chica's boyfriend still hasn't reached that level yet you know like he clearly has a problem with nina mia that hasn't been addressed yet and this is he's kind of having the same issue that chica's having except he's not resolving it. Yeah. Like Chica is now. It's interesting. I didn't think about that. About his his performance. Like, you know, because they're all, they're all, they're not, they didn't do well that past round, but previously they were doing decent. Right? They were like in the top yeah, they were three in the or top. something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, you know what's funny about me? Like now that you mentioned Nino Mia, from reading back, I realize he doesn't really order his squad around a lot. I think that's very consistent with his character is that he he expects his people to be like strong enough to kind of like think for themselves so he can go off and do his thing. Yeah. And sometimes they get together and he he like gives some orders, but it's not it's not very often. He pretty much trusts his people to go off and get their points. But yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else to say really about World Trigger. I think you guys have said a lot. Um, I thought it was awesome. I hope it doesn't go on break again. I I can't get enough of this series, unfor- and unfortunately, it's like it doesn't come out very often. So I hope to see. Yeah, I need another soon. two of them things at the first. Yeah, I need him to on the first of July. I need him to bring two right. more of them things. <laughs> I might do another World things on that Saturday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On a Saturday, July first. I need it. I need it. Need I need it, it too. Need it. We hear you hear this, Ashiara. We need it. More man. Come on. I might do another World Trigger reread. You should. Honestly, you I should. think it helps. I might. I might partake as well. It ha- it helped me a lot. I may, I may indulge. And plus, it's a joy to read. It's it's just right. so good. Yeah, I gotta say, World Trigger is one of those series where, like, when you read it, you get something more out of it every time, you know? Yeah, it's very good re- rereadability. 
But like, believe it or not, guys, I love this series. <laughs> I'm <yeah>. sorry. <laughs> I know the past few times we covered it, I've been very frustrated with it. But I do love this series very much. You wish World Trigger had more time? No. I wish I had more frequency. Yeah, that's what I wish. I wish that it came out more often, but it, it does not need more time yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. In I fact, like a little too much time, if you ask me. <laughs> oh. All right. If we got four chapters a month, it probably would have been done by now. I don't know if it would be done by I'm now. I'm not confident about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about done by now. I'm actually no. not all the way confident in that. No, we still have 50 he, more he, chapters. He, he might have spread that like mustard on, on some rye. We still need 50 more chapters to explain um, like uh, the low interest. Like Maybe they might go into the software of the video game and how it was made. And That's funny. That way, when Osamu goes into the code, he figures out a little loophole that allows his team to get an edge. He's going to hack then the, the mainframe? Yeah, and then he calls Ninomiya squad, and he's like, hey, I'll trade you this information if you tell me this. And then Ninomiya's like, ah, shit. You might be on to something, Osamu. Let's, for for the information, let's, instead of trading information, we do a 1v1 in the video game. Well, it's not their choice. How about this, Osamu? You do my homework for two <laughs> two weeks, and I'll give you this information. It's a smart trade, to be honest. I would love that. More homework. All right. Uh, we ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go. We're getting the story out there. Undead unluck. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to toss it over to Josh. All right, guys, we got Undead Unluck, chapter number 161. Uh, is the name of the chapter Tenrai Say? Tenrai Say. Tenrai Say. Ooh, yeah, yeah, a Yeah, yeah, a is pretty good. Thanks. I it was just a guess. I actually don't know if that's how you say it. Damn, you that was a lot. You said it with a lot of confidence. <laughs> anyway, um, we just wrapped up the rescue Phil, who's not, who's definitely not Pinocchio, but he is a robot with feelings, but not really. Robot. Because he's unfeel. More like it robot was a wicked Pinocchio. There's aliens, spaceships, superhuman abilities, and realizations of emotion. That's a whole fucking ride in a mini arc that was like maybe six chapters. And uh, so we're finishing that. Um, they happen to crash land from said space and space station into Hong Kong. Um, and they're at an airport eating right now. Um, Foucault's standing and eating her ramen, uh, you know, looking back and forth. She's on edge. Uh, we find out. Phil can eat, and when he eats, it heals his wound. So, um, I guess it's a super touching moment for everyone because he can eat like a real boy. It's not Pinocchio. I'm a real boy. Um, so Fuko's still on edge, like she's on an ops block, and uh, it's worse. She's not just on an ops block; she's in an op country. (laughs) You feel me? Op nation, uh, some may say. 
but she's still eating the ramen. She's eating the ramen and she's looking the back and forth. And then she's eating the ramen. And um, man, it doesn't get more gangster than that, really. Because she's not afraid. She's just alert. Um, but yeah, her suspicions get validated uh, when she notices someone approaching her. And they say, let me see what you got. They pull up to attack her without her even, in, like, you know, Fuko get into a fighting stance. And she dodges with the ramen in her hand still. And so finally she had to release it to, to block the hits. I don't know what happened to the ramen. Maybe I, maybe I missed it. And uh, we'll see later in the chapter. Big mystery. Yeah, it did float in. The, oh, it crashed down to the, down to the ground. Mm, I don't see that. Come on, bro. Where she uses the bad blade? Ah, right. <laughs> All right. So, you're right. So, yeah, anyway, she tosses up the ramen. Keep that in mind, guys, even though it was already spoiled. And then <laughs> she says, All right, you want to get busy? Bet. So, she whips out her hair, wraps it around her arm, uh, unleashing her bad arts, and hits her with a bad blade in it. It reminds me of like Pokemon when uh when, when Sceptile or, or Grovile went for Leaf Blade because they had like the, the, the grass on their arm. Cool stuff. And um she doesn't get sliced with the hair, but she does get smacked with it real quick. The, the person uh that she's fighting. And that causes them to, to you know, the the bad luck to get transferred to them. And they slip on the ramen that fell earlier from the ground. Boom. Crap. Complete. She's been set up. Easy money. Um, Fugo feels so bad by how much she got owned so that she apologizes it. Even, yeah, even, she says, yeah, you may not agree with it, but bad luck is a part of skill too. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Um, I guess. You think that's fair? You think all fair in, in combat? What about martial arts? Well, this is an official sanctioned that. martial art fight. So, what honor has to be sanctioned by government? No, by no, but you know, it's more acceptable by our governing by our governing body. No, but you know, it's less uh, it's less pertinent in a street fight than it is in a regulated sports match. She did pull up with, on her with no uh, warning. Well, with minimal warning. Yeah. She didn't give her a chance to fight, so I guess all is fair. Right? All's, all's fair is after that? Yeah. All's fair. All okay. Yeah. So, fighter reveals uh, themselves. Well, they don't reveal themselves yet, but uh, Fugo asks, like, you know, what's, what's all this about? Like, uh, you know, why'd you attack? And she's like, please, like, um, like we need your help. She's like, I ask that you use your strength to help me. You're the only one I can ask since you handed Fang defeat in the past. I can no longer stop him on my own. Um, I'm sure everyone that knows about him that I'm like knows where this is going. Yeah. Uh, so she's talking about uh, the, the person that Fugo for is talking about how um, there's a tournament going down and that uh, you got to stop Fang and also um, her brother, as she reveals to be Fang's sister. I mean, uh, Shen's sister. I forgot. I actually forgot her sister's name. Oh, I forgot her name because she died, right? Yeah, yeah she wasn't died. in the original loop. Yeah, and she's here now. Man, this is really cool. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, 
then, yeah, so Shin is participating in this martial arts tournament, and he's on a vendetta to kill Shin. Uh, but he's probably going to lose because he's not like that, unfortunately. But we're like that. Like, you know, that's what I live for. I know, it's, you know, I'll I help you out. I wanted to recruit him anyway. So, um, yeah, she is here. Shen's sister says thank you. And uh, we immediately accelerate into the next one, like, within one chapter. Pretty cool. Not going to lie. Um, so we see Fuko in her cape. Uh, she pulls up. And you know what's crazy? I didn't notice that these were different people in capes. I thought these were just different shots of Fuko in her cape, <laughs> like, around. But, oh, we'll you thought this story. eyebrowless <laughs> man was Fuko? <laughs> no, I t- <laughs> I, you know, it's crazy. I seen him, but um, and I, you were I, like, I like Fuko? Right, maybe he's just there, like in the stands or something like that. Creed, I didn't, I didn't think that was Fuko, but I didn't notice he was in a. I don't know, man. I, I, what can I say? Nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, they they introduced uh, Feng Kowloon, and he's like, oh, brother, this. Look at all these cornballs. Man, these niggas. There's only one person I want. One person I need. There's one person I desire. And that's Fuko-san. No, he's Chinese. I shouldn't say Stan. That's, wow, appropriation to the next level. Come anyway, Come that's on, like um, cubed. That's like appropriation cubed. Because it was both Japanese and Chinese <laughs> from a, a foreigner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm not proud of that. It's okay, but I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on and continue and weather the storm. So yeah. Uh the tournament starts with basically multiple uh uh fighting blocks and I guess whoever's stand you know, the last handful of people that come out victorious from the blocks uh move on into the uh tournament proper. And as soon as it starts, these people are around full play like, who's this, this little, this little, they called it two? I don't know what that means. Why they call, why they call them two? No, the two oh, no, is no, a no, countdown. Ah, they kept it, wow. You see, they called her fat, though. Again. They did call her, yeah, they called. They called her she's fat. She's not even fat. She's not fat. What are you talking about? Hey, bugger, These man. guys, these guys are crazy unrealistic that, body standards on they right <laughs> i don't like was there was there a mistranslation there and what was supposed to be said no um whatever there's no place for you for you and your sloppy technique um as soon as the gong gets hit they they get hit but they all three of them get hit with the same move at once they got dealt with one attack like fodder yeah like <laughs> Um, in like you know, in Zelda, you can carry like a like a large weapon, like a broadsword or something like that, as a large swing radius. And if you get a strong enough weapon and you hit a group of weak enough enemies, they all just die. They all just get swung away and explode. That's exactly what happened to them. She's farming. She farmed them for material. And um, so did the rest of the team. As um, I realized that Billy pulled up, uh, with his close quarters combat style, easy money. Void with his boxing style, you already know. Um, oh, it reminds me of um, It Man when they had him versus the boxer. It was a great movie. Um, 
you side with her moonlight style quick drawing and she beat a bunch of I guess samurais convenient for them that they had swords and not I don't think they hands. had swords one person had nunchucks but that's about it. maybe they all had weapons that's maybe. what happened in my mind she went into a weapons block she probably killed Tamari too anyway yeah definitely um, Tamari's dead yeah but so I was excited to like you know get into this next arc but not even a fraction of how excited Fang was as he sees his <laughs> bloody old pal Fuko his face uh, in the ring <laughs> he um he's gonna have smile wrinkles for life oh my god his face is con- is like permanently contorted his lips probably broke you know what I'm saying like from smiling at her, you know when it's cold outside and your lips are tapping and you, and you, you smile or you wiping your like your lips and they crack, yeah. it's just ripped open. He turned into the, like Joker the Joker after this. Yeah, <laughs> that nigga, that nigga ejected himself with the with, with the Joker guys, man. Oh, like a like a kid about to get a happy meal. But yeah, that was that was that I'm not. I enjoyed this chapter thoroughly. Uh, One Piece, you know the 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 animal monsters, man, and can't beat the, the animal the emus, monsters. And then the the, the emus and the moose, both of them. Come on, man, can't contend with that. But I, like I said, I enjoyed Ended Unlocked. Chris, you got any thoughts? Any lingering ones? Oh yeah, tournament arc. <laughs> Can't wait. Is it gonna really be a tournament arc? Yeah, they they have they different blocks. All the blocks are cleared. That means there's gonna be like a tournament, right? Because there's a second round of one on one fights, hopefully. Oh right, they're probably all gonna like fight. They fight much more blocks, and they're gonna probably at least all fight like different people. Please, we may please. have one matchup where two of them. Please, fight each I other. want a tournament. I think arc. that'd be cool. It's been so yeah. long since we had a true blue tournament arc. Yeah, man. Right, in any series, right? You you know the last one I remember? What? Food Wars. Food Wars? No way. The, the Fall Classic. Food the, Wars? The Fall Classic uh, Tournament. Um, <laughs> Technically a tournament. Wow. That wasn't... A, no, not technically it was. It definitely was. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Right. That's the last one that's I remember that's like True Blue. This is a tournament arc. We're not doing anything where... Rank you wars know, don't fast count, forward. Right? Rank wars don't count. No, it's not a tournament. No, because it's not a tournament. But they're pretty lit. Um, damn, right? Nothing. Not even Jujutsu Kaisen. Nope. I yeah, want an organized tournament arc. It? And I'm very excited. But yeah, I did enjoy this chapter quite a bit. Um, it was cool to see. I knew it was Shen. I feel like I made that guess that Shen was next. Um, yeah, we we both kind of said that last week. I was thinking about that too, and then but I remember you saying that like probably not because they already had a major arc, you know. And then I I just remember definitely saying that like I wonder if they'll be next. It could be funny. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, we both we we both pretty on point. The hair arms are cool. I'll say that. Yo, know, he keeps 
he's really creative about how she spreads her unluck. Yeah, I think it's just it's cool fun, too. Creative ways like that panel where she's like, standing over uh, the sister with the with the hair on her arms. I thought it was pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, like so oh god, I wrapped around. I knocked the over the fist and the hair looked cool. Yeah. But overall, I mean, this was a really good chapter of Undead Unlock, and I'm very excited for a tournament arc. Um, yeah, man. It's... I hope so. I hope that's what it is. Yeah, and it's been 20 years since they've seen Shen, uh, since they've seen, seen Feng, so who's to say how much stronger he's gotten? Does Fuko not age? No, remember, they did the 20 years, like they kept skipping years. Oh, yeah. That's why. Oh, yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. Uh, but that's all I had to say, though. What are your thoughts? Um, let's, let me see. Is there anything in particular that stood out? Yeah, well, I mentioned before, but I, I didn't realize I was them in the cloaks earlier. Uh, when I first read the chapter, I'm a little embarrassed. Um, but it's cool. I, I really am looking forward to a tournament style arc. But um, I'm really surprised they came. They pulled up the the Shen's situation this quick. And I I thought I I thought what you said last week made a lot more sense. Where they would probably focus on the characters that didn't get the adequate shine before. Um, but maybe they'll come at this from a different perspective. Maybe they'll make it more about the sister. Maybe she's joining the tournament too. So like there'll be something there. Uh what about that other girl that um is cool with Shen? Mui? You need to later. Yeah, Mu Mui. She's not around yet, is she? No, I don't think she is, but I'm I don't I don't think she won't show up. I, I think she'll pull up at some point. Right. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure that she's gonna come in at some point. So uh yeah, this that's that's what I'm interested in and, and I think this arc is going to uh ha- like hinge on um how different of an approach this can be because that previous arc was really dope. Um and and, and it stood out for, for a few reasons because of how strong the antagonist then was uh Fang was, because of the exchange they had to go through to defeat to defeat him. How Shen died and turned into a zombie to fight that nigga. Like, it was crazy, man. So, uh, I guess the tournament arc is is not a bad start at all. So, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, next week's chapter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Bad arts. Bad arts. Um, all right. Well, if that's all uh, your thoughts, uh, are we ready to close this one out? Yep. All right. Well, that has been our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, you could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram, Josh at JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram, at New Gym City Josh on Twitter. Brian is at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. And you can catch him when he's streaming at New Gym City Pod. Oh, no, no. I mixed it up. Bad. You can catch Brian when he's streaming at twitch.tv slash it's punchline uh, and you can email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com uh, please do uh, 
leave us some questions, comments, whatever you guys want us to talk about on the show. Or you can hit up our YouTube and leave a comment there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe, like, share the podcast on that. Uh, It's not fully video, but hey, we're still putting stuff up. And we also do the really good chapter of the week poll on YouTube. So never miss a YouTube uh, poll by subscribing. Uh, If you prefer audio podcasts, we're pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Name it, we're probably on there. Um, And yeah, Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll We'll see you guys next week. Uh, we do a pre-show chat show now, so I hope you guys like that. Uh, check that out. It comes out every Wednesday after the show comes out. Uh, the main show comes out, so yeah. Uh, we'll be doing more of those if you guys like it. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Stay safe, New Job Citizens. Peace, pal.